what's up family man it feels good to be back it has been quite a while since i've sat down at the table uh to record and it's definitely long overdue like like most people 2021 uh has been a season of transition and uh tremendous change and growth and stretching and refining and uh one of those seasons that aren't always fun and and wildly enjoyable but they are seasons that are uh absolutely necessary for our development there's a saying that uh the best laid plans of of mice and men often go awry which simply means that that even the most well thought out and best laid plans can sometimes take a detour in the route that we uh, take to get to our destination or the amount of time that we take to get there uh, doesn't always line up with what we initially planned. But I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to be using uh, what God has placed in my hands to ultimately draw people uh, closer to him, not closer to me, not to put uh, me on a pedestal of any sort, but to draw people closer to God and to enter a uh, relationship with Jesus. Our, our mission with the kitchen table hasn't changed. Our purpose hasn't changed. Uh, and that is ultimately to, to build tables and to develop community until community becomes family. It's that simple. And regardless of the tool or, or the platform that we use to convey our message, it remains the same. We believe that uh, the essence of the gospel is the picture of Jesus on the cross. And the execution of the gospel is the picture of Jesus dining with strangers. And I'm excited about this topic of uh, pursuing purpose because it coincides perfectly with uh, the season that we're transitioning into with the kitchen table. The podcast has been uh, a tremendous platform for us to find uh, our voice and to share the gospel in a way that we believe is digestible and real and true uh, to who we are. But a few months back, the question of what next started to play uh, on repeat for Zaz and I. The podcast was was our response to what we felt the world uh, needed based off of what we had in our hands at the time during 2020. It was uh, something new for us. It was raw. It was unpolished. But the heart behind it was genuine. The purpose was clear and the goal uh, has never changed. But it became clear throughout uh, the building and, and recording of uh, the podcast that it was never intended to be uh, a resting point, but more so a, a launching pad. Oftentimes, we become comfortable where we were only intended to catch our breath and to secure our footing, uh, and we, we make places that were intended to be temporary housings our, our permanent home. And the growth of the podcast wouldn't come in the form of, of more episodes or longer series. Growth was uh, building on top of the foundation that was laid in faith with nothing but a pure heart and some sweat equity. And what's interesting is that you, you can't rely uh, on old faith and old miracles and old blessings to achieve new dimensions of your purpose. It requires just as much risk. It requires just as much uncertainty, just as much faith at the next level as it did at the previous level, and sometimes even more. The next phase of the, the kitchen table is one that uh, is equal parts unfamiliar and unbelievable. I, I feel like it's both the logical next step and a complete walk of faith. 
over the past year, uh, a, a year full of local ordinances and restrictions, a year uh, of state and federal mandates, Zaz and I knew that that what was needed and what we longed for was community. We knew that uh, the gathering of, of uncommon people who have found common ground was essential. And we wanted to create a space for people to dine together, to uh, find a space where they would be uh, nourished and fulfilled. And uh, I, I don't mean temporal or worldly fulfillment, but uh, fulfillment and nourishment that comes through community and through uh, relationship and most importantly through uh, worship and the word of God. And so with that in mind, Zaz and I decided to launch The Gathering. And you're probably wondering, what is The Gathering? And The Gathering is just that. It's it's a monthly gathering at uh, the Carco Theater in, in Renton where we're able to step beyond the limitations of the podcast microphone to engage and connect and grow with people. It's literally the physical manifestation of the table that we've tried to build uh, remotely or virtually over the past year. If, if Jesus were uh, to walk the earth today, I truly believe that he wouldn't spend his time building church buildings. I believe that he would spend his time building tables. One of my favorite depictions uh, of Jesus in the Bible is found in Mark 2 and 13, where it says, uh, while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him when the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors. They asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. <laughs> what I love about Jesus is that he didn't spend his time cooped up in uh, church buildings, perfecting the art of a church service. He spent his time at tables, finding uh, common ground with uncommon people. I don't, I don't believe it's a, a coincidence that Jesus was, was a carpenter by trade because he understood what tables represented. Yes, he knew how to build them, but more importantly, he knew what a table represented. He understood that the impact of the invitation that was given to those that uh, were asked to take a seat. The gathering isn't just another church building. And there is absolutely nothing wrong uh, with church buildings. I've been inside of them my entire life. But the gathering is, is simply a table, a table where uncommon people can find common ground, where uh, our souls are replenished and our hearts are filled by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the word of God. So in light of our announcement of, of the gathering, Zaz and I, we uh, put the kids to bed the other night and we sat down at, at the table around 10 or 11 o'clock and uh, we just had a conversation about the pursuit of purpose and uh, what that means to us individually and as partners and as a family and what uh, this next season of pursuing our purpose uh, looks like it was a, it was a dynamic conversation and so uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did uh, creating it so take a listen all right so it's been a minute since we've had the opportunity to sit down and uh, chat at the kitchen table 
a lot has changed since we uh, sat down last. And I believe that the last time we had the opportunity to record together was at the beginning of the uh, Pursue series where we talked about pursuing love. And finally, and, and finally, we are back. The children are asleep. The house uh, is quiet and we get to chat for a few minutes. And I'm excited about it, uh, about the idea of pursuing purpose. And, and purpose has always been one of those uh, buzzwords, right, where uh, especially in the context of spirituality, but overall and in general, there's always so much to read and there's so many opinions and uh, about the concept of pursuing purpose or just purpose in general. So I'm excited that we have the the opportunity to chat and I get to pick your brain uh, for just a few minutes about pursuing purpose. But when we when we talk about the idea or or the concept of pursuing purpose, um, what does that mean to you? One, and then what does that look like in action? If if I wanted to see Zaj pursuing her purpose, uh, what does that look like? Well, I think even just how you kind of phrase that question really changes the way that you approach purpose. Um, I think like if you asked me this question, um, you know, even a year ago, my answer would have been very different. Um, I think there's our desires and our purpose um, are like our will for our lives. And then I think there's God's purpose. And so depending on which version you're pursuing, that really begins to dictate what that looks like. And I know for me, pursuing purpose has been this thing where I constantly felt like I was always missing it, like thinking I was going in the right direction, then arriving at the point of like, okay, this is where it's supposed to happen. This is where it's all going to make sense, only to get there and feel like I was way off, you know, in the process. Um, And just over time maturing and growing in real relationship with God I think the action behind pursuing purpose has just really actually been surrender and recognizing that um, God is in everything and the closer I am to him and the more authentic I show up in my relationship with him whether I'm at home changing a diaper Um, you know, with the kids or I'm being a wife or if I'm being a marketing director, like there is opportunity for me to um, walk in all that God has created for me to be and do. And so I think I think purpose remains this like buzzword and this thing that we're always kind of going after. Um from a place of really being like self-absorbed where I feel like when we're connected to God purpose becomes so much more about the people in our lives and how we show up, how we use whatever God has placed in our hands and whatever season that he's placed us in that our posture is just to use it and to use it for his glory and to use it to serve those around us versus purpose being like, there's this one specific plan that God has for me and me walking in this plan means that I'm going to be successful and financially stable and have all the peace and all the joy and all the things that I ever envisioned. And like, 
that's pursuing the American dream. That's not pursuing God's purpose. Like I can look back over my life and think of some of the most challenging times. You know, I think about like early in our marriage when we we were in such a difficult season, yet hindsight, I'm like, I know I was writing God's purpose and it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. It wasn't what I signed up for, but it was in his will for our lives and um, just the the places that he was taking us. And so that's a really long answer to a simple question. But I, I think the pursuit of purpose looks a lot different than um, the pursuit of our own desires. And we often kind of mix up the two and swap out the two. And I think God, because he's good when our heart is really to please him, he uses it all and he, he gets us, you know, across the finish line. But I think that, you know, based off what version you're pursuing, that's going to look different in terms of how you walk it out. Yeah. So, I mean, just listening to you answer that question, it sounds like, Purpose is more so a journey than it is a destination. Absolutely. And I think what I loved about the episode that you did on pursuing purpose, um, I think I've kind of always looked at purpose like, you know, you think of a race, track and field, there's a start and then there's a finish line. And pursuing purpose is like, I want to stay in my lane. I want to go straight. I want to get there. I want to finish well. I want to finish strong. I want to win. I want to run my race. And I think, yes, that is a part of it. Like running your race, finishing what you've started and, and doing all those things. But when you talked about purpose and you compared it to the clock and gears working together to accomplish a goal, it really changed the way that I even viewed purpose, you know, in terms of like that journey where like in a race, you want to run your race and you want to win and you want to do it well. Whereas like if I think of myself as a gear and just being a part of this bigger picture, I want to work well so that the other parts don't have to overcompensate for my lack. I want to work well so that I can just play my role Um, And I'm focused on the bigger picture. I'm not focused on shining to stand out or shining to win. I'm focused on shining to just do my part. And so that all things can work together towards that bigger goal. And I feel like as believers, um, especially as believers, getting away from that concept of being so self-absorbed about like my race, my purpose, my goals, because that's that's not the body of Christ, you know? And so I, I loved how you talked about it in, in this episode, um, you know, just how we were called to work together and do our part for the bigger picture, not doing our part for our, part for our own glory and our own satisfaction. Yeah. Um. Scripture that comes to mind, Jeremiah 29 and 11, it's probably one of the most quoted and and highlighted 
scriptures in the Bible, at least in reference to purpose, where it says, you know, I know the thoughts and plans that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not evil to give you uh, a hope and a future and an intended end. And it's really speaking uh, to God's plan and ultimate purpose uh, for our life. And so I guess the question I have for you or is, is there a scripture or, or a passage of scripture that, that you cling to that speaks to um, God's purpose for your life? Um, when I hear that scripture, it's always funny because, like you said, it is used all the time, especially in context of plans and purpose. Um, you know, but that scripture, God is saying, I know the plans that I have for you. And we'll quote that scripture and be completely out of relationship with him like how do you think you're going to know his plans and his desires and his ways being completely out of relationship and so I think again that shifts the point of purpose from like a life plan to a relationship with our creator and for me the the scripture that um I tend to go to when I think of purpose and just God's plan for my life. Like I said, in the first question, I feel like I've spent a lot of times running after one thing, thinking like, this is where it's at. This is the purpose. This is the plan only to get there and feel like I'm 10 years, you know, off the mark, missed the point. Now I got to head in another direction. Um, The scripture that really kind of brings me peace and even just hope to keep going is Philippians 1 and 6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And I think that, like I said, it gives me peace in all the moments that I feel like, girl, you missed it again. You're going the wrong way. You dropped the ball. Um, Knowing that like this was God's plan from the beginning and he's going to complete the work that he's began in me. And so it keeps me in this posture of surrender. Like, God, I'm showing up the best that I know how. And I I know that I've dropped the ball in some ways. And I, you know, maybe I didn't hear that right. Or maybe that was more my will than really your plan um, for my life. But just being in that like posture of God, I trust you. I trust your plan. I trust the timing um, of my life you know the end you know the beginning and you know how to weave it all together um and I think motherhood has really kind of brought that posture into my life because there's been so many moments of parenting where I feel like god I'm supposed to be building this or I'm supposed to be doing that and here I am in the midst of like we have a family to take care of and kids that have to be looked after and that I have to love on and raise. And I'm like, God, there's no room for this whole purpose thing that I feel like you've built or, you know, created for me and switching that mind frame and that mindset of like, no, the purpose is what he has set before me today. Like, and he's going to work it together and it's all a part of the plan and it's all a part of the picture. But you know, it purpose and like pursuing it and wanting to experience it. I feel like it's one of those things you spend so much time looking for that you actually miss what's right in front of you constantly. Um, you know, as a mom, like there's so much purpose in that. 
And I spent a lot of the early years looking left and looking right at all the things that I felt like I was missing. And, you know, in the past couple years, just saying, you know, what, I just want to be the best mom. Like, I want these girls to be loved. I want to give them the best of my ability. And hearing God speak to me through parenting and just the growth that has happened in that area, I'm like, this is where the purpose is. Like this, it's it's right in front of me if I would just actually engage in what God has set before me versus all these ideas, you know, that are either in the past or in the future, like just being present. Yeah. So when do you feel like you were, um, I guess, spiritually mature enough um, or confident enough in, in being able to hear God's voice to uh, feel like you were able to grasp or, or comprehend God's plan uh, for your life. And I guess even more so than that, what was your your response to uh, that revelation or that, that level of understanding? Um, I think I think when I really started to be like get a lot more confident in hearing God's voice and hearing his plan um, was so my background is in merchandise marketing and early in my career, um, you know, I was in the fashion industry, worked for different corporations, clothing companies. And in that season, we were also attending church and like super involved in our church community. And I would always like, I would go to work and I loved what I was doing, but I'm like, God, I, I just want to serve you. And, you know, I, I want to work for the church. And so um, I remember when I finally made that transition from, you know, working in this field that I was like happy and passionate about to like the thing that I thought was going to please God. And I got to that place and I felt like I couldn't hear from God at all. Like when I was in my marketing roles, the relationships that I built, like I found myself ministering to people, you know, the people who were out like living crazy would pull me into a conference room and be like, can you pray for me? You know? And I like, I got to be this light and I love that, but I didn't recognize that like, that's where God was. He was with me no matter what I was doing. So then I get into, you know, this job that I thought was, you know, I finally have arrived in the purpose and the plan that God has for me. And I felt like God just went ghost on me and I wasn't hearing from him and I didn't feel that like excitement and um, recognizing in that season that like God is in everything and wherever he calls me, wherever he places me, I have an opportunity to show up as light and darkness and that's walking in my purpose. That's walking in, you know, fulfilling his plans for my life and so it became a lot less complex in terms of purpose being associated with a position or with a title or, you know, with a certain organization that I was to be a part of to define walking in God's purpose for my life and transitioning to this space of like, you know what, today my purpose is to speak life over my children or I'm at, you know, the nail shop and I met this random lady and we're talking about like, Every moment I have an opportunity to engage in in the purpose and plans that God has for me. And so I think it was in that season, you know, where like everything that I wanted and anticipated and the plan that I had in my head, I like arrived and then was like, 
God, it doesn't feel like God's here. And so I started listening different and I start, you know, surrendering my plans and just asking God to reveal himself to me um, a lot more. And through that process, um, I just begin to trust, trust his voice more. Yeah. I feel like there's a ton of talk and even in our conversation, there's a, a, a lot of focus on, um, understanding and finding and the, you know, revelation of your purpose, but, uh, does purpose have an expiration date? Does it, does it run out? You know, I mean, is it something that there's a small window of time to, to grasp for those that may still be seeking purpose or wanting to define or refine, you know, their purpose? Does it have an expiration date? I feel like that's like, I don't know. That's a tricky question. Initially, what comes to mind or, you know, in my heart is um, one, like it's never too late in terms of choosing to show up in the plans that God has for us. You know, no matter how far we've gone, um, no matter how many mistakes and wrong turns, you know, we've made, like it's never too late. It's never like that. That's my initial thought. On the flip side of that, I think there is an opportunity and there are a window that reoccurs over and over and over in our lives of like capturing the the moment. Like there's a wave, there's a window or whatever kind of seasonal energy that you want to put around something I feel like we have opportunities and like seizing the moment I guess that's the the word or phrase that I'm looking for like I do think that there's windows of opportunity um, that we have to capture and we have to take advantage of Um, I've been talking to your mom a lot about influence and how you know we all have our circle our sphere of influence that God has like assigned to us and I think um, it's and sometimes we can kind of take for granted the the power of our influence um, in the season of it. Like you can't sit on it forever and then expect for it to have the same impact down the line. You know, like if this is the season that God has called you to do something and he's prepared the table and he show. I mean, you think of a meal like I can make a, a hot meal for you, but there is a time that you have to go and actually eat that meal in order to enjoy it hot to enjoy it warm like the more you sit on it the more you wait the experience is going to be a lot different will it still nourish you will it still technically fulfill you know your hunger yeah it's there it's the meal but that window of opportunity where it has like maximum pleasure or maximum impact it's a it's a window you know so I think when we're talking relationship with God, when we're talking forgiveness, when we're talking turning back to God, it's never too late. It's never um, a closed door. But I do think when we we talk through the lens or in context of fulfilling our purpose and you know executing the things that God has placed in our heart, I, I do think that there is some limitations around that. Yeah, no, that's a really good answer. Um, we have four little girls, right? 
and yes, um, it's a huge responsibility, not only financially or uh, just the amount of energy and effort that it takes on a daily basis to ensure that they have what we they need and that we're good stewards over uh, what God has placed in our hands. And um, there's, you know, conversation and talk around uh, the purpose and plan that God even has for our children and mm -hmm. understanding and identifying what that is. And so, um, like, what responsibility do you think we have as parents to identify uh, and help nurture that purpose that God has uh, over our children's life? I, I think it's huge. Um, one of my kind of like go-to books um, is Praying Circles Around Your Children. And um, in that book, the author makes a statement, I'm going to botch it, but along the lines of, we are our children's first prophets. So we have the ability to put a lot of limitations on them, or we have the ability to dream big, go big, believe God's, you know, fullest plan and potential for their lives. And so I think that there's a huge responsibility as parents to one, have a relationship with God for ourselves and know how God speaks to us for ourselves, but as parents so that we can also hear his voice as we, you know, raise our children. And I think, um, I think it's so important to, to recognize our children as individuals, you know, it's so easy to kind of like generalize and say like, I want them all to be well behaved and, you know, good girls. And I want their lives to look like X, Y, and Z. Um, I think Zion has probably taught me this the most in terms of, you know, she can be really strong willed. And one thing that like, I hear the Holy Spirit say to me all the time with Zion is like, that strong will is needed for who I'm making her to be. And so there's this like fine line of parenting and raising her up to be respectful and, you know, a good girl, so to speak, but also not like suppressing in, in eliminating exactly how God has wired her, like in terms of her purpose and the generation that she's going to be a part of and the things that, the world will need when she's, you know, a young woman. And so I think it's so important to be able to hear God's voice so that you know when to like push down on the gas and also when you know, you know, when to let up um, so that our children can really flourish. Uh, talking to your mom again about the girls, um, you know, when we talk about scriptures that say, you know, before you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. So that means like purpose was established before the foundations of the earth. And so my job as a parent isn't, isn't to necessarily shove all these ideas and concepts down your throat so that you line up with whatever idea that I have in my head as much as it's my job to mine and pull out what God has already placed in our children. And that takes work, that takes prayer, that takes patience. Um, and 
we're an authority as a parent, but then we're also like a student and have like no idea what we're doing at the same exact time when we're talking about mining and searching, you know, for this goal that God has already placed in our children. And so um, it's, it like I said, I feel like it's really complex in the sense that you're an authority, but then you're also like this student of your children and just being able to lean into the Holy Spirit and and allow him to lead and guide you, you know, even in in our parenting. Because before I want to raise, you know, well-behaved children, I just want them to have the freedom to be who God has created them to be um, and not feel like they're caged into my concepts of what they're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, how do you do that? How do you how do you identify um, that purpose that, like you say, you, you almost become students, uh, of your children trying to pull out what God has already placed, uh, inside of them. What does that look like for somebody that doesn't know what that means or how to, uh, exemplify that? I think listening, I think listening is huge and I'm learning that I'm not really the best listener at times, you know, especially when it comes to, having four kids and a lot of times just being tired and overwhelmed, but like God is speaking all the time. And if we would just listen and slow down enough, even in our parenting, like he's there leading and guiding, you know, in every little moment. And even with the twins who, you know, they're learning to form their thoughts and their opinions already. I mean, I look at, you're really good about how you interact with the girls and you really, do you treat them differently? You know, like you make space for that. And I think, you know, Simone, there's little things, a physical touch. She wants to cuddle. She wants to, you know, like she wants certain type of attention and being um, available to meet those needs. I, I don't think it's like super spiritual early on in terms of like, you know, I mean, yeah, you cover your kids in prayer and you, put the you know, expose them to scripture and church and all these things. But I, I think honestly, a lot of it is just slowing down enough to actually be present and you'll see the things that they gravitate towards, you know, the same way you want to get to know an adult. What do they like? What do they, what are their favorite foods? What, what types of things do they gravitate towards? When do they light up? You know, um, there was that funny little, TikTok video that Simone was like obsessed with, you know, for like two weeks, making space to just see like what what lights them up, what what when do you see excitement, when do you see passion kind of show up, you know, in them. Nina, we went to Defy the other day, and Nina is she was our small twin, and she's still so tiny um, compared to Simone, and you know, we went to Defy the other day, and she's like on all the big obstacle course things and her little body's like flying through the air but you could just see she felt strong and like in control and like you just saw her light up and she showed up and I'm like freaking out behind the scenes like she's too little to be doing this but like being fully present in those moments like God what are you showing me about her and how do I parent from that place and how do I support that and encourage that I think sometimes it's just on a practical level asking God to help you parent, 
you know, versus like reading all the books and trying to check off all the lists and, and do it perfect. Like I always say it, but like God makes up the difference. And so just having a heart posture towards like, God, I want to do the best by them. I want to be a good steward over the life that you've placed in my hands. Help me. Help me be the best parent that I could be and help me be their biggest cheerleader. Help me be, you know, the authority. Discipline is not my strong suit, but I recognize like to not discipline them, not to to not create boundaries and safety and communicate those things like I'm doing the girls a disservice. So help me, God, stand up strong in the areas that I feel weak in. And I, I think it becomes, you become a lot more present, you know, in your parenting when you're just like yielding and asking for God to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and that's good. And that's speaking to um, our children and identifying and, and pulling out that purpose in them. But then there's the construct of, you know, marriage and understanding that there's purpose in marriage and that God can and will leverage our, our marriage and that there's purpose behind that and something that he's looking to accomplish um, through that. How do, you, how do you work to define or identify what that purpose is as a family, as a, as a married couple and working towards uh, that journey or that goal together? Um, I think kind of the simple, like straight to the point answer that I can think of for that. Um, we had only been married for a couple years and it was like off the, after the season that seemed like it really kind of defined, defined our marriage early on. I was at lunch with a friend and, you know, I'm talking to her about how passionate I am about just ministry and the church and, you know, doing all these different things. And she said, um, your family is your first church. And that has really stuck with me. The way that I want to show up in all these other areas of my life is really going to be hinged on how I serve this family. So, you know, in culture now, it's like, you know, boss mom, girl boss this, go build the business, be the entrepreneur. And like, yes, I'm here for all of those things. Like, live your life, go after everything that God has placed in you. But a lot of that is happening at the expense of family or at the expense of healthy marriage and relationships. And um, I think that when you're talking about defining purpose for a family or defining purpose for marriage it, it also still goes back to that same idea of like how is God showing calling me to show up in this moment how can I be most like Christ in this moment and it starts at home and sometimes that meant sacrifice sometimes that meant putting my dreams and my desires on the back burner you know for a season but trusting that God is going to complete the good work that he began in me. He didn't bring me to marriage or bring me to family. Um, as It's not a distraction from my purpose. Like 
It is my foundation. It is everything that I am going to build on top of, you know? And so if I'm not willing to like dig in and show up in family and in marriage, how will you ever actually sustain all that other stuff that you're pursuing? You know, like it just, I mean, we say it to each other, like, God, don't, I don't want you to take me anywhere that my character can't sustain me. If the people that I claim to love the most um, are not worth sacrifice, if they're not worth, you know, humility and me just being a servant and, and me being kind and me having passion and joy, if you and the girls aren't worth that, how will I ever go and actually have longevity in a career or in a business or anything else that I'm building when like those things will never have love, you know, attached to them in terms of something that's like reciprocal. Like it's always going to have an end. Jobs have seasons. Businesses have good times. They have bad times. Businesses open, businesses close, but like family is forever. And if I can't be devoted to this forever thing, how can I even expect myself to really show up um, for the long game in things that I know have a beginning and an end? And so I think when you're defining purpose for your marriage or purpose for, you know, your family, it's remembering that like this is where everything flows from. Like it starts at home. And if I can't create love in this space, if I can't cultivate joy at home, if I can't find peace in my marriage, like, how do you ever expect to go out into the world and find those things? Yeah. Um, I believe that ultimately we all have the same purpose um, and that God uses different vehicles and instruments and avenues uh, to ultimately accomplish the same uh, the same purpose in all of us, and that's to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to uh, leave his fingerprint and uh, his impact on the world and to ultimately to bring heaven uh, to earth. And that is accomplished in different ways based off of our personalities and uh, how we grew up and our experiences and our backgrounds and all of those different things. Would you uh, agree with that? perspective or do you do you see things slightly differently no I I absolutely agree with it and I think that's somewhat what I was alluding to earlier in the conversation of like I feel like a lot of the conversation around purpose has become really self-absorbed like there's this one special unique thing that I can accomplish that somehow equals fulfillment in every area and financial gain and prosperity and like it's the perfect you know formula to get there where the truth is like especially as believers like our goal is to glorify God our goal is to be light in darkness our goal is to be the hands and feet like you said and if we're not aware of that we'll miss so many opportunities to be a light in or bring heaven to earth in all these different, you know, avenues of our life because we're so set on reaching the goal, you know, versus like just being present in the journey and present in the process. There 
you know, I'm in a season where I'm kind of getting into more marketing and taking on clients. And there's this person that, you know, kind of came to me like, I want help with this. And I got all excited about working with them. And then it kind of felt like they just went ghost. And I'm like, God, I want to like, I want to steward this relationship well. From a business perspective, it would be wise to completely shut the door and be like, this person has not showed up as someone that like I want to work with. Like it's flaky. The communication's poor. Like I wasted a bunch of time on my end. So when I think of it through that lens, I'm like shutting that door. But when I think of it through the lens of ministry and just being hands and feet of Jesus and how can I show up to bring light and be different, my door remains open and I interact with that person so differently than if I was just trying to build a healthy business. But like, you know, recognizing that like God can use anything and and he opens doors for different reasons. And so again, if I'm on the purpose of Zaj, the entrepreneur who's trying to build this thriving business, I shut that door. But if I'm living my life from the lens of God, I wanna be faithful to you. I wanna be your hands, I wanna be your feet my decision-making looks so different. And so I agree that like we ultimately all have the same purpose and it's to be a vessel. Um, And God's dope in giving us all different gifts and talents and interests and passions that we get to do that thing in conjunction with the things that we love and that we're excited about and that bring us joy. So... Awesome. No, incredible answer. Uh, final thought on purpose and uh, a word of encouragement or advice to someone that may be uh, struggling with identifying it or grasping or pursuing it or um, whatever whatever the case may be, um, or just in a season where they don't feel like they're walking or fulfilling uh, their purpose and, and their calling on that God has on their life, um, what would you say to encourage, to motivate, to uh, ensure them that even though it doesn't feel like uh, they're making progress and are productive and are striving towards what God created them them to be, that they're exactly where God wants them in this season? I would say look for the opportunity to serve. Like, and when I say serve, that could definitely be like, christianese you know the the thing to say that sounds nice but when i say serve like where can you show up like if you are a writer who can you help with your writing skills if you're a designer maybe you're not the best designer but you know more than somebody is there someone in your circle that you can help that you can be a blessing to if you're good with money is there someone that you can um you know, come alongside and mentor, like get in a position where you are being challenged to pour out and with no return. Like you just want to show up and be obedient to being used by God and combine that with the things you're good at. We all have a talent. We all have gifts. We like, we're all good at something. And like, so keep it simple and just how can I use what's in my hands? You're so like, you always challenge me on that. Like 
there's somebody out there who has a whole lot less than you have and they're doing a whole lot more. And there's somebody who has a whole lot more than you and they're doing a whole lot less. So just show up with what you have and and ask God to, you know, show you those opportunities to, you know, be a blessing. Um, I think that's when I have found my stride the most where I got out of my head about what I'm, you know, I wish I was better at this so that I could then, you know, become fill in the blank versus just saying, you know, I'm pretty good at this. Like, I know I'm not the best, but I know I got some skill set in this area. So I'm just going to use what I have to be a blessing to my family or to be a blessing, you know, to whoever it is that crosses my path. And in those moments, I feel like it just built my confidence in terms of my own ability. But then it also showed like God makes up the difference. Like he can use everything, but he just needs someone who's willing to show up like so much. So many of us are actually not willing to show up. You know, we feel like it's just this magical thing that's going to get downloaded into us the moment we say we're ready for it. And purpose doesn't happen like that. You know, like you got to show up to the party. And so that that would be my encouragement. What's in your hands? What talent? What gift? What ability? Um what resources do you have and how can you use that to influence the people that God has placed in your life? All right. So that's a wrap on our conversation, pursuing purpose. Always a pleasure uh, sitting down with my wife and talking life, talking uh, purpose, talking God's vision and plan for our lives. As I, as I mentioned at the start of this episode, what's next uh, for the kitchen table is our first monthly gathering, which will take place Sunday, July 25th at 6 p.m. at the Carco Theater in Renton. So uh, for more information on how to reserve seating, you can visit our website, thekitchentable.com. Uh, but as always, fam, uh, it is a blessing to do this. And until next time, uh, this is The Kitchen Table. Be blessed.